Welcome to episode 6 of Your Voice of Wrestling, taking a look at WWE Elimination Chamber. You got your rules and your religion, all designed to keep you safe. But when rules start getting broken, you start questioning your faith. I have a voice that is my savior, hates to love and loves to hate. I have a voice that has the knowledge and the power to rule your faith. Elimination Chimp was a hell of a show. Let's take a look at what happened. Uh, let's start off with the pre-show. Our first match of the night was Stardust facing off against Zack Ryder. And after a back-and-forth match, Stardust does get the win with Crossroads, which they are calling Oliver Queen's Crossbow at this point because they are hyping up the feud of Stardust and Stephen Amell. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm a bit bummed out that Zack Ryder is not getting the sort of bump that other people got after fighting John Cena for the U.S. title. But we'll have to see what happens further out from here. Uh, followed by that, we had Daniel Bryan on Miz TV talking about his neck and the Intercontinental title. Miz talks a bunch of garbage about him. And Daniel Bryan summons out the Mega Powers to attack and lay out Miz for him. Kind of meh. Nothing super exciting, but that's your kickoff show. So we start off Elimination Chamber proper with the Tag Team Elimination Chamber match. This was a hell of a match, folks. Um, all sorts of crazy stuff in this. Uh, the Lucha Dragons made full use of the cage, diving off the top of the pods. Kalisto was actually hung up there for a while because he was sitting on the New Day's pod and they kept grabbing his leg and holding him down. But eventually he hits this crazy sort of I don't know flip sort of fall off the very top center of the cage because he climbed up the cage. Then he goes hand over hand to the center of the cage and then throws himself at everyone else uh, below him. Pretty cool spot. Uh, El Torito's actually in the match. Uh, when the Los Matadors comes down for the uh, introductions, he comes with them, and he stays perched on top of their pod until they're let in. He hits a crazy flying head scissors off the top of their cage. Uh, two teams looked really strong in this. The Ascension actually got the first two eliminations in the match, followed by the primetime players who eliminated two more teams. But at the end of the day, the New Day does retain, and they are still your Tag Team Champions. This is an awesome action, a great way to start off the card. I think a lot of people enjoyed it, the crowd was super into this. The only spot that got me a little bit confused, at one point, um, they knocked out Xavier Woods and they tried to go put him back in the pod and sort of close the door, but you can't lock someone back in the pod because we could see the referees with the chains and the locks on the outside. But that's not enough to deduct major points from this match. Uh, following that, we had the Divas title match. Uh, Nikki Bella versus Paige versus Naomi. This was a pretty cool match. It was not a technical masterpiece. It was not flawless execution. But I thought it was a pretty good match for the time they were given. They hit some really interesting spots I hadn't seen. There's this... Uh, 
top rope German suplex slash powerbomb Tower of Doom combination that I haven't seen before. I've seen like the suplex powerbomb Tower of Doom. I've never seen it as a German suplex before. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Naomi also hits this insane reverse Frankensteiner on Paige. Uh, she didn't do it sort of the way you see more on the indies where they like slam someone's head down into the mat in the process. Uh, it wasn't nearly as crisp as what we've seen Neville do. Still an awesome move, and Paige took it well for how it was given. Uh, in the end, though, Nikki does hit the rack attack, and she gets the win, and she retains her title. We follow this up with the match that everyone was talking about leading into the pay-per-view. Everyone was talking about during the pay-per-view, and everyone is still talking about Kevin Owens versus John Cena. This was the most amazing match I've seen probably this year from the WWE. This was a crazy match. This was... They threw everything at each other. Uh, Owens kicked out of the attitude adjustment. Cena kicked out of the pop-up powerbomb. Uh, Owens, hell, hit Cena with his own attitude adjustment. He hit this crazy, like, he's sitting on the top turnbuckle, like, his feet on the second rope. Does a standing jump to the top rope, hits a moonsault that uh, Cena dodged, I believe. But it was just crazy, the kind of moves that he was pulling out. Which was great, because the announcer was like, oh, this is Kevin Owens, he's ground and pound, don't expect to see anything high risk out of him. And he follows up the moonsault probably three or four minutes later in the course of the match, hitting the senton bomb. Yes, he hits, like, the Jeff Hardy-style dive off the top rope and, like, hope you don't break your neck kind of move. It was insane. Um, the other thing is, he also, he can't get Cena down, he wraps him up, he picks him up for the package pile driver and turns it into sort of a side slam. The crowd went nuts because they knew what was coming with that, too. But in the end, Kevin Owens hits the pop-up powerbomb one last time, and the crowd goes ballistic as he pins Cena cleanly in the middle of the ring. This is huge. I, I'm beside myself. I was in a state of shock watching this. I did not expect Cena to lose, especially not cleanly in the middle of the ring. I think there is big things in store for Owens at this point. I've heard he's supposed to be on Raw from basically here on out, and they just established him as a star in his first match. It's amazing. Uh, the f match that had to follow that was Neville versus Bo Dallas. This was a good match. Um, it was a good back-and-forth match. In the end, Bo Dallas goes for the running Bodog. Neville counters it. Hits the red arrow, gets the win. Unfortunately, after Owens versus Cena, the crowd is still in a state of shock. They're tired, they're worn out. Hell, they're worn out for the rest of the night after that match. But this was a good match. Unfortunately, the crowd not being into it does take away from how it came across on TV. Uh, we follow this up by the icy title elimination chamber match. Uh, the first thing we find out is Mark Henry is the first one out to replace Rusev. Why wasn't he one of the last people to come out, build up the surprise and suspense? 
I don't know. But he came out first, and our match kicked off, and it was a fairly decent match. Unfortunately, after the Owen Cena match, and after the crazy antics of the tag team title elimination chamber match, this fell a bit flat. Not because of anything that went on in the match itself, just the circumstances of where this match was and when it happened. Other cool things, I did like the fact that Seamus had his Celtic cross jammed into the door, so suddenly, like, up, it's your turn to come out, and he couldn't get the door open. Couldn't get the waiting, 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 waiting. Suddenly everyone's down and out. Oh, hey, look, let me take this out and get myself involved in the match. That was cool. I did enjoy the fact that uh, Wade Barrett, once again, destroys uh, Dolph Ziggler by slamming him to Mark Henry's pod. And the bulletproof glass pops out of the door, and Mark Henry's now in the match. <laughs> I don't think that was expected. The referee didn't quite seem to know what to do with it at that point. But it was a cool little dis uh, part of the match. In the end, it comes down to Ryback versus Sheamus. And in the end, Ryback hits the shell shock, and he is your new Intercontinental Champion. And this is actually his first singles title, which is pretty amazing considering uh, everything he's done. So I think this is pretty cool. I think he's getting over more. So I think this would be a good thing for him. Then we have our main event. We have Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Earlier in the night, we had Rain say, hey, you know, I got your back. After you win tonight, we'll go get some cold ones. We'll put them on ice. Everything's going to be good. Stephanie says, whoa, 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 you know what? We can't have you at ringside. You'd just be there to interfere in the match. Everyone the authority have is authorized to be there. They're there for a reason, so... Ambrose, you have to go in alone. They had a hell of a match. Crazy back-and-forth match with Dean Ambrose basically fighting off J&J security, fighting off Kane. And it's crazy. I love the fact that he basically knocks down J&J Security and Kane. Rollins is down the ring. He climbs up to the top rope and decides that, you know what? I really want to take down J&J Security and Kane, and then Suicide dives onto them on the outside. He At one point, he hits uh, the elbow drop that he normally does uh, from the top rope on a standing opponent. He hits that on Rollins, and then somehow manages to hook him for the pinfall as Rollins is falling to the mat. Just a very sweet little moment there. Uh, in the end, uh, Ambrose is on the top rope. He leaps at Rollins. Rollins pulls the ref in front of him. Oh no, the ref is made of glass. The ref is knocked down, knocked out. And Ambrose manages to turn around. He hits dirty deeds on Rollins. He gets the pinfall. What's going on? We have no ref. We have a new ref who comes down, slides into the ring, makes the three count, and we have a brand new WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Dean Ambrose. He's celebrating in the ring. We've got graphics calling him the champion. And the other ref starts to argue with the new ref and says, no, 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 no. Hey, here's what happened. He pulled me in front of him. I got hit by Ambrose. Referee 2 goes, grabs Lillian Garcia. Unfortunately, due to... Well, at this point, we still get Dean Ambrose has won this match. 
via disqualification. Unfortunately, the title cannot change hands via disqualification. Your winner, and still WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins has the most amazing reaction to this. It's beautiful watching him freak out realizing that he is still the champion. At that point, the authority says, hey, I want my title back. They attack Dean Ambrose, but Seth Rollins, but not Seth Rollins, uh, Roman Reigns comes down for the save. And together, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose fight off the authority and head off through the crowd with the title. Beautiful moment. I think this is, this could be just what Dean Ambrose needs. And hell, we're all cheering for Roman Reigns again, folks. The WWE has done it. We didn't want to cheer for him before, but now they've once again made him appealing. And that wraps up the show. So some of the things I noticed during this. The placement of Owens versus Cena in the middle of the card. I think they were trying to sort of give the crowd a chance to recharge before the main event. Which basically worked. But unfortunately, they had to sort of sacrifice the crowd reaction for Neville and Bo Dallas. And I would say even for most of the IC title match. You probably could have put... Hell... Owen Cena could have made invented this card if the world title wasn't on the line. And even then, you probably could have put them on last and no one would have complained. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, the crowd was so excited by that match that everything following that was just sort of hard to watch because the crowd was so dead and they weren't reacting to anything at all. Once you've hit that level of shock, it's sort of hard to once again get some life back into that crowd. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Wade Barrett as King of the Ring at this point. He's won the King of the Ring, and since then he has not done anything except for basically keep losing matches. So I'm kind of confused and perplexed. The only thing I can think of at this point is they just wanted to get him out of the Bad News Barrett gimmick. They were tired of people cheering for him when he came out to deliver bad news. And if that's it, that's fine. But we need to stop touting him winning the King of the Ring like it was a large achievement, especially since he keeps going on to not support any claims of that. Last time I talked about this, I had uh, said Dean Ambrose can't be this generation's Steve Austin because Triple H is not Vince McMahon. Triple H is never going to be the villain that everybody hates the way Vince was in the 90s. He played that character to perfection. Triple H can't help but break that fourth wall every 20 minutes or so and be like, hey guys, hey, I'm in on the joke. I know what's going on. At that point, we can't help but sort of sympathize, sort of like him, be like, okay, we get it, we get it. You're the boss, but you're still cool. But... If Vince isn't that authority figure that Ambrose is rallying against, if we had a hated figure that doesn't break the fourth wall, who stays that hated figure, then it might work. And we do have someone that can do that. We have Stephanie. Stephanie McMahon could be the antagonist to Dean Ambrose. It could work. 
it'll be really interesting to see if this is the direction they're going in, because they started getting pretty heavy-handed with the Ambrose-Austin analogies during the course of the show this week. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. So the next question is, where do we go from here? Money in the Bank is two weeks away. So we have two weeks to build for the Money in the Bank ladder match and whatever other matches they're going to have. Uh, they did announce we're going to get the rematch of John Cena, Kevin Owens at Money in the Bank. I'm not so happy about that. I would have really liked these guys to be kept apart for the next... Heck, I would have liked to see six or eight months of them dancing circles around each other. Cena establishing himself as the U.S. champion, maybe Owens going off and establishing himself as the IC champion, and maybe both of them then setting their sights on the world title at some point and having them duke it out to be the next number one contender. That would have been cool. I think this rematch is too soon, and I'm really afraid Cena wins this one. However, if Owens does go to beat him two matches in a row and establishes him as a dominant force on the main event roster, this could work. I really hope this is not the Owens wins one, Cena wins one, and then we go on and have rubber match down the road. I don't think we need that from them right now. I think Owens being a monster who destroyed Cena and then sort of preying on upper mid-card level, level talent would be a great thing to see. Uh, the last thing they announced is they've already announced a number of participants for this year's Money in the Bank ladder match. They're going to announce further competitors as we go on in the next few weeks. I guess two weeks wasn't enough time for all the qualifying matches. I think they could have squeezed him in, but that's just me. So far we have Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, Neville, Roman Reigns, and Dolph Ziggler. Out of those, we know Kofi Kingston is going to pull some crazy stuff. We also know Ziggler has always brings his A-game, especially on the big stage. And then throwing Neville into that mix, God only knows what we're going to see. Uh, Roman Reigns and Randy Orton are sort of the wild card in there, because their style doesn't quite fit the ladder match format. But we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. For information on future episodes, please follow me on Twitter at Major underscore Rampage. I also want to thank Kyle and Oliver for our theme song, which is their acoustic cover of Randy Orton's voices. You can find them on YouTube at Kyle and Oliver, all one word. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. We can keep growing. Thank you very much. They talk to me